Let's talk about, for just a few minutes, our gifts. We all have gifts. Y'all know that? We all have biblical gifts that, that the Bible tells us, even in 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us that we all have gifts. Let me, let me read this verse to you real quick, and then we'll, we'll move on uh, to, to a couple of points here. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read verse 1, verse 7, and verse 11. But it says now, this is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. He says, now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Do you, you hear what Paul said? Like he, he's, he's wanting to teach to make sure they understand that you're not uninformed about these spiritual gifts. The, the church is growing. You've got to think this is the early church movement. That you, you had this thing that didn't really exist, and then Jesus is resurrected. And Jesus ascends into heaven, and he tells them, you go and make disciples, and the church is born, the ecclesia. And so now they're learning that now with the Spirit, they're putting some things together, that the Spirit is giving them some spiritual giftings to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, to, be, to represent the presence of Jesus throughout the world. And so Paul says, concerning these spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. I want you to know about these things. He says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So you and I have been given these gifts... For the common good of people. Now, not just to make sure that people get fed and that people get prayed for. Those are great things. But remember, the command was not just to feed people and feed the poor and take care of the poor. The command in Matthew 28 was to go and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that they had been done, baptizing in all nations. And he says in verse 11, And all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. To each one he individually gives as he wills. We all have different giftings. Different giftings. If you go into 1 Corinthians 12 and you read a little further, it'll tell us that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these are a unique set of skills and abilities that have been given by the Spirit to Jesus' followers so that we can serve God for the common benefit of his people and the church. So we have all been gifted. And, and you may be saying, I don't know what that is. Just because you don't know what it is doesn't mean that you haven't been gifted with that. And so he, he's giving you this gift. Now, here's what's beautiful about the church is when we learn our gifts and we bring all of our gifts together and work them out corporately, beautiful things happen because the gospel begins to take on some flesh. The good news of Jesus begins to be carried out when we do things together. One of our values as a church is we share life together. Because when all of our, our giftings come together, the gospel is preached and we can live out what Jesus has called us to do. There's an old African proverb that says this, if you want to go fast, you go alone. And if you want to go far, you go together. You know what the problem with going alone is? You have to do it by yourself. We'll, we'll, if you go alone, when you get to the finish line, Probably, you'll get there, but getting there will be solely based upon you and you alone, and there'll be nothing else to it. And so there's a lot of times that we don't, we don't want to go together, because together is often inconvenience, because then I'm going to be held up by you, and I just want to go. You ever had those moments, parents, you know what I'm talking about, you want to go to the store, you need to run a quick thing to the grocery store, but your kids are asking to go? You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, like, I do not want to take my kids in here. And I love my kids, but I don't want to take my kids in.
because I really need this to be an in and out trip. I don't need to be negotiating and being held hostage to buy something. Like I just want to go, I just want to go in and out. And sometimes it's just best to go into the store by yourself so you can come back out by yourself. And so oftentimes what we want to do is run through life fast and by ourselves because it's just a lot more convenient. But there's something about when we get together and there's something about creating environments where everybody gets to contribute and play. I think back in Acts chapter 2 and you, you get down to the bottom there in like verse 42 and it keeps using this word together. Together they met, they fellowshiped, they broke bread together, they prayed together, they worshiped together, they served together. That there was no sign of people just doing what they wanted by themselves. It was a community, it was the ecclesia, the, the orcos, which is their, their family, these, these people that have now become family. This is why we call it a church family, because we do it together. We celebrate on the highs together. Congratulations, you did this. We want to celebrate. You go through the valley. We walk through the valley with you together. Because nobody was meant to go alone. Nobody's meant to go alone. When we create environments together where everybody can contribute, where everybody can play, the outcome is far more than anybody could ever ask or imagine. Because our giftings are being used, the giftings that have been given from the Holy Spirit, so our dependency to use those and understand those has to go back to that of the understanding of the Holy Spirit. And then he does these supernatural things through us for his glory and for his kingdom. So the outcome is much more. So, so going together might not be as fast, but it is a lot more effective. You agree with, you agree with this so far? Dr. William H. Curtis, you know, he talks about that the people don't like to, to go together because it's slower, and he, he makes this, this statement. He says, slow is not necessarily deficient, and anything that swells quickly has got infection in it somewhere. You know, a lot of times what we'll say is like, man, look how fast this thing grew. We want churches to grow so fast. Growth is a good thing. Not all growth is a good thing. All it takes is one doctor's appointment to find out that you have a growth that you do not want. The cancer's gotten bigger. The ulcer's gotten bigger. Whatever the ailment is, it's when infection takes into growth. See, we, we, try to, we try to live life in this rapid pace, the microwave-type life, when God is really just trying to get us in the crock pot. Those soups that you cooked today for potluck. You didn't cook them five minutes ago. They, they've been simmering, savoring, and getting ready. It's a slow process. Like one of my favorite things to do is bring the smoker out, set the temperature to that smoker, and put a piece of meat on that thing and just sit and stare at it. Amen. See, now we're talking. And that the smoke starts coming up, and you can just feel the Holy Spirit just releasing himself. Because then all your neighbors smell it, and they want to come over, and they're like, what's going on? What you got in the smoker? And you have all these conversations. And it takes forever. You look up these recipes, and you're like, man, I'd love to smoke a brisket. I ain't got 16 hours. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> and for 16 hours, it just cooks, and, and it has this whole routine where it starts to get moist. And at a certain point, you put it, pull it out, and you keep spraying it. And then you wrap Anybody get hungry? And then you wrap this thing. Then you put it in a cooler, and you let the moisture really set in so that when you cut it, it's, it's amazing. 
But what would happen if I took that same brisket that should be cooking for 16 hours and threw it in there on high for about 10 minutes? Now, you're going to be able to eat it, but it ain't going to go well for you. Because you spent a lot of money on a brisket, A. B, it's not fully cooked, and it's just a waste. See, things take time. And when we do things together, it takes time. I was talking to a pastor just last year, and he said, how, how many people is your church running now? I was like, man, I, I, don't, even, I don't even think that's a good question. And I told him, he said, I, I figured y'all would have been much, much bigger than that. I said, man, we don't, we don't run microwave church around here. We, we, we grow as God gives us, and we develop who's here, and, and we minister to who's here, and, and we share the gospel. And God, God, brings, God brings the growth because we do this. Say it with me. We do this together. So if you want to go fast, you go alone, but if you want to go far, we go together. So in the kingdom, we are designed to go together. This is a kingdom thing. You think about it. Even when Jesus sends his disciples out, he sent them out in groups of two together. He didn't send them out by themselves. And even when he sent them out in groups of two, he said, you go find a person of peace and you bring those back to me. So Jesus is even seen here sending people out together it's all about unity it's all about bringing people so we have been designed to in, to advance the empowerment of the holy spirit through the body of christ so when we go alone that can that can become easily we can easily be convinced that we can make it on our own but to move forward we need a power and a strength that is not our own that's how churches grow because it's his church. When Jesus said, I will build my church, it is by his power and his power alone that that grows. It's by his power. A.W. Tozer says, says these words, that the church was never intended to be a natural and intellectual organization. Right? In other words, he's saying that, you know, we, we got people that have this, theo this understanding of theology is like 10 miles wide, but their obedience is about one inch thick. And he says the church was never intended to be this natural uh, and intellectual organization, but it was designed to be a supernatural instrument that was wholly dependent upon the power of God. Because it says when, we're, when there's a supernatural power that's flowing through us, guess what? We can't take credit for any of this because it's his church. Tozer would also say this, and he said that, if the Holy Spirit was taken out of the church today, 95% of what the church does would continue and no one would even know the difference. Now, you let that be a weight of our church because I started thinking through that because that rattled me just a little bit. If the Holy Spirit was pulled out of here, how much of church would continue? Or would 95% of what we do, would it be done? And he says that, 95% of what the church does would continue and no one would know the difference. But if the Holy Spirit had been taken out of the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference because they were so dependent on the Holy Spirit. So dependent. Because again, they recognize these gifts that Paul's talking to in, in Corinth. You have these gifts. I've listed those gifts on your outline so you can see those. But the New Testament church understood what this empowerment was. Right, Because the, the, the old way of church is you got the pastor and the pastor can do all these things. When there's an empowerment that you hand off to the people to do the ministry, the work of the ministry, to equip them. 
But the New Testament church understood these three things about empowerment. They understood that, that leaders empower the body to help you discover the giftings, help you understand what it is that God has called you to, to help you stay on mission for what it is that he's asked us to do. The body advances the kingdom together. We do this together. And it shouldn't just be just our church together. It should be the whole church together. The whole church. And they understood the Holy Spirit was the only source for this empowerment. You ever tried to, to do something on your own and take credit for it, knowing good and well this was God? The only way this happened was God. You ever had those moments where you just knew the only reason that happened is because God made that happen? How he just lines up things because he's the one that gives the empowerment. Paul understood this importance of an empowered body. That's why he's writing to this church of Corinth of saying, you, you got these gifts, and I don't want you to be uninformed about what it is that you have because you've got to understand the importance of an empowered body when it comes to advancing the kingdom of God. Because when we're all using our gifts, we get to play together. And when we play together, the kingdom of God can be advanced into even the darkest crevices of our community, and into the darkest hearts of those people that you would say, I don't think they'll ever get it. The Holy Spirit in that moment can use and break through to whatever it is when we utilize our giftings that he has given us. So this is an overarching message that Paul is telling the church of Corinth. He says, there's no community of believers is complete unless the gifts of the Spirit that have been given to the body can operate at full capacity. Now, I've been a part of churches that they recognize the giftings of the people, but the empowerment was not there of, of empowering people to do the gospel, or it was seen as a threat. So I can't let you operate in that because then you might be a little bit better than me, so I've got to keep that squandered. So the text begs this question, and I'm going to give you four, four things this morning. But the question is this, what does Paul intend for us as an empowered people to learn about this intended galvanizing power of the, the gifts of the Spirit for the body of Christ? Well, what is he trying to tell us in 1 Corinthians that we need to understand about these gifts of the Spirit when they've been given to us? And here's, here's what I think he's trying to say. The first lesson he would give us is the gifts of the Spirit are for this collective equipping Therefore, collective equipping. Like we've been given these, these gifts, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. These are the giftings. Now, some people, depending on where you fall theologically, would say those, those gifts do not exist anymore. And, you know, I'm, I'm one to say that the gifts of the Spirit are still very much alive today. The gifts of the Spirit are for everybody. Come on, that, that should make you feel good because you're not going to get left out. I remember in middle school when we had had to pick up basketball games and I, would, I was standing there ready to get picked for the team. You know what happens when you don't get picked for the team? You got to call Rise. I got Rise. As in when the other team loses, I just randomly take somebody's place because I wasn't good enough to even make the pickup team. Right? On Jesus' basketball court, everybody gets to play. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has something 
to offer because he's given it to you. So, and a lot of times we'll say things like this. It's like, I don't feel like I can do that. I don't feel that I'm gifted in that way or uh, it'll never make a difference. If the Holy Spirit gives you something, he, it's up to him to make that work because it's his gift. We just have to surrender to the obedience of operating in that gift. If your gift is mercy and you can walk into a room with someone who is hurting and they're in pain, they're going through some hard times and your gift is mercy, absolutely you're going to have to hear from the Spirit when you're talking to them to, so that they can hear God clearly in the midst of their situation of what's hurting. And you have to depend on the Holy Spirit to help you operate in mercy. Because let's just be honest, we're not all really good in mercy. When sometimes we'll hear bad things about people and our first thought is, oh, kind of, that's what they get. And some of us have been so callous to life. That mercy, mercy's hard. We have to understand. So the, the gifts of the Spirit are collective. Every, everybody gets to play. Everybody. The gifts of the Spirit also, he tells us, Paul's like, he, God owns them and we steward them. These are God's gifts. These are God's gifts. And we have to recognize that. The reason we have gifts of mercy and gifts of wisdom and knowledge and faith and healing miracles and prophecy is because God allows us to have those things. He allows us to have them. The gifts of the Spirit belong to, you ready? The Spirit. And they've been given by the Spirit. You'll see where he's going. I love Paul. Paul's just so like straightforward with this. And, and they're given by the Spirit to those who live and walk in the Spirit. He would actually go on to say that walk in cadence with, in step with. So if he owns them, then he's the one who decides who gets what gifts. See, Paul says that, that God gives to those that he wills. So you may have a gift that I don't have. And, and for us to be a, a successful body, I'm going to need your gift. I'm going to need you to operate in that gift. And if you operate in your gift and I operate my gift, because my strength might be your weakness and your weakness might be my strength. And the gospel moves forward. Let me, let me just read this real quick out of, we don't have this one on the screen, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where you can read about all the spiritual gifts. But he says this in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. And the, and the same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. And he gives the person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether the message is from the spirit or from God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret those things. What is being said? It is the one and only spirit who distributes all of these gifts and he alone decides which gifts to give each person. Now, you know what verses come next, because I bet you've heard these verses before. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. Do y'all realize the spiritual gifts are being attached to the body? Like the spiritual gifts are kind of like the ligaments and the muscles, and it's attaching to our bones to make us move. He says, so this is the same thing with the body. Some of us are Jews, and some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized in one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. I wish people would understand this, because it would make my life less awkward. When people find out what I do for a living, conversations change. 
y'all, y'all know that? Like, I've been on the golf course with people, and the golf course brings out the worst of people. Um, I'm speaking from experience. I've thrown many of golf clubs against pine trees. But people, I've golfed with, I call it golfing. I go with people who golf, and they'll start blah, 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 blank, 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 blank. And this, I remember this one time I was in, uh, when I lived over in Lancaster, we were golfing. And this guy, like, the whole time, we're nine holes in. And he just, I mean, he was worse than I was. So I felt really good. And he was just cussing up a storm. He was halfway through a 12-pack at that point. And he looked at me and said, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. <laughs> blank, 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 blank. I can't believe, why didn't y'all tell me that's who he was? <laughs> Things change. Can I tell you something? The spirit that you have received is the exact same spirit that I have access to. But people think that being a pastor, there's a special card that if I punch in the elevator button, I can go spiritually higher than you can. That the Holy Spirit will do something more through me than you because I'm a pastor. This passage says that we have the same spirit. I'm just operating in my gift of doing this. What are you operating in? And by the way, my gift's not better than your gift. You know how I know that? Because it's from the Spirit. They're all powerful. It's just a matter, will you operate in that Spirit? Can I pray for you? Absolutely. But I'm going to be honest with you. There's some people that I think would pray circles around me in this room because they have a gifting. There are people that have the gift of mercy in this room that you probably want to get mercy from them before you try to get it from me because they have it. There's wisdom in this room because it's been gifted. There are people with a gift of healing, and you don't even know it yet in this room. This is the beauty of the gifts of the Spirit. He owns them, and we steward them. The gifts of the Spirit are also meant to unite and not divide us. This is a problem in the church of Corinth. Because you got the guy over here going, y'all see me heal those five people yesterday? What'd you do? Oh, you gave wisdom. Oh, there was this this knowledge that, look at me because of what what my gift is. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. And and these gifts in the church are being used to divide. Here's the thing. Can we just compliment and appreciate everybody's different giftings? Yeah, you may wish that you had that gift and you don't. But thank God somebody in our body has that gift. You do what you can do, they'll do what they can do, and the Spirit will work all things out. It's not to divide and get upset and, and boast about what it is. In Corinth, they were starting to use their gifts for status. Hey, what's your name? Well, my name's Steve, and I, I'm over all the healing and miracles of the church. That's what I do. Paul's like, no, man, that's not the way this operates. We, our gifts are for the common good, not for status. How can we use what the Spirit has given us to advance the kingdom? You know, we talked about this upside-down kingdom. How, How do we use our giftings for that? Because they're meant to unite and not to divide us. We celebrate them. We point them out. Because some people have giftings, they don't realize they're gifted. Like, doing this was never my gift. I took a public public speaking class. You could not have timed that any better. 
I took a public speaking class in college. I was shaking, sweating, not wanting to do it. I didn't want to talk in front of people. I didn't like being in front of people. At that point in time, I wasn't even sure that I liked people. I had a girlfriend. I liked her. I didn't like anybody else. And, and it, was, it was scary. You know, I, I had to figure out this is going to be difficult because I, I can't public speak in front of people, but I'm going to school to be a youth pastor. And I would much rather speak in front of adults than in front of youth. Do you all know how judgmental that it's like being on America's Got Talent all the time? Because they will criticize, right? Some of them are taking notes right now because they'll see me tomorrow and they'll be like, I heard you say this, that wasn't funny. It's fine. And, and it, it was learning how that I didn't know that I had that gift until somebody called it out in me and started helping me develop that gift to get more acclimated with it, to get more comfortable with that gift of communicating the gospel. So sometimes part of uniting is, is pointing out what somebody's gifting is like. You know what? You're, every time that I ask you to pray for me, I just want you to know I think you're really gifted in that and just affirming these giftings because you never know that that one piece of encouragement because your gift might be the encourager y'all know any of those encouragers right when you encourage somebody in their gift it might be the thing to break that stronghold that is telling them that they're not this is not what you get at because the devil will tell you that your gift is not your gift because he knows that when we operate in our gifts as a church he's in trouble and i got bad news for him anyway he's already in trouble but he just doesn't know it i don't think he does but he's going to if we have anything to do about it. So gifts are meant to unite. Here's the last thing. Gifts are an empowerment for all those who are on mission. That's what they're used for. The gifts of, of the Spirit released to the body as evidence that God is on a move in his church. When people are living these things out. Because you can't explain it. You can't explain what happens. I've, I've, I've witnessed stories and had the front seat views of, of, of life change of people of how their lives was so far away from God and how they would come to know God. It, you can't explain it other than the fact that Jesus had to be involved because it's the only way that it would work. I look back at my life and I think the only way this works is because of what Jesus has done. I hope that you would have the same story. And by the way, can I just say that we, I'm going to get on a little soapbox for just a second. We were talking about this in our Replicate group. We have 24 people learning how to be disciple makers right now, by the way. 24 that's people learning how to use the giftings and, and, and discipling but here's the thing we were talking about the powers of our stories because we think because we didn't have a story that involved us being cracked out and drugged out and, and drunk and, and and whatever you know like the worst of the worst like we didn't just commit murder and just get out of prison that you think that your story is a lot less and not as impactful because you didn't experience all of those things and can I just tell you when you share your story it's not a matter of like how bad your life was because here's the deal for the person who had it quote unquote all together and the person who was out there and left field somewhere it's the same story Paul, Paul says that you and I we were dead in our trespasses tell me what dead people do nothing I don't know if you've been around them the funeral home will let you come in you can watch for a few minutes if you don't believe it but they do nothing and the power of our story, whether you thought you had it all together and life was good, 
to the person that life was absolutely awful, the, the same thing takes place is that we were dead in trespasses and Jesus came and made us alive. That's the story because he's the hero of our story. And we understand that. We let that push us forward, that we have a story to tell. We operate in these giftings. Life change happens. This is why I believe we don't have to have multi-million dollar facilities, multi-million dollar audio video, because the Holy Spirit can move on zero dollars. And it's much more pure. Because it's going to be really easy to point out where the Holy Spirit's working when we don't have distractions to go up. Well, it must be, the, must be this or must be that. It's a church that operates in their gifts. And my prayer for you is that you'll recognize here at Together Church, and we got to do a better job of it, I'll just be the first to tell you, that you all have giftings. And here, everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play. If you want to go fast, you go alone. You go alone. But we go together. And we go together. Let me pray for you as we get ready to respond this morning to the message. Father, I thank you so much for, for this day. I thank you for all that you're going to do in this place. And Lord, I, I pray even this week that we would read through 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and, and we would begin learning what our spiritual gifts are. And that we would operate in those. God, we don't need permission from the church to, to do those things. These are gifts of the Spirit. May there be a freedom in this place just to utilize them. May we be Home Depot. We, we can do it. They can do it. I can help, however. But they need to operate in, in that. And through that, your son, you, your name would be lifted high and glorified in everything. In everything. So we're going to stand this morning and we're going to sing as our response to God. As you're singing, I just want you to just hear words, just pray. Asking God, what, did it, what is he trying to tell you today? Is there a gift he's already given you that you've already recognized, but you've not lived that? To somebody you need to talk to to, to, to learn how to utilize that gifting. We're going to take up our offering as we sing. So we're going to sing, we're going to bring, and we're going to pray this morning. So would you stand and let's worship our King right now in this moment.